0: hello everyone and welcome back to hope reclaimed i am your host ellie hope hearing and i'm so glad that you're here today it's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing to allow god to heal and saturate every aspect of our life because he is able and he is willing to extend healing to us and sometimes it's our job to step in and reach for it. Today is the part two episode of our series on divorce prevention. And today we are talking to my friend, Sid Veenstra. He is a retired pastor and a premarital counselor. And he's been doing this for over 50 years, you guys. He's incredible. And he has so many amazing insights on premarital counseling, the importance of it, really digging into relationships. And he's just incredible. So, Let's just get into this episode and really enjoy it today. So thank you so much for being here, Sid. I so appreciate it. Would you mind? Um, would you mind just quickly sharing with my listeners who you are? Um just kind of your background a little bit.
1: My role, my call, uh, over the last fifty years has been as a pastor. Recently retired, and now a counselor, a therapist, and. Uh, in the last 25 years of ministry uh my role as an associate pastor was really pastoral care
0: yeah. for
1: the entire flock wow and That's so a big role. It 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 was and it is. Yeah. um uh, because you get involved in all the crises of life mm. um so I did many many funerals but many many more weddings And my passion really uh, became working with couples who are getting married. So um, uh, I would call it the ministry of meddling. Yeah. And the reason I say that is, uh, and we'll come back to this a little bit later on, um, there's a lot of couples who would come in who think they had all the answers. They had it all figured out. Yeah. Uh, They don't. Right. Uh, not any more than I did when I got married. So my role of meddling is to ask questions, to push, to prod. Along with uh, meddling comes mentoring. And along with mentoring comes a sense of encouraging and uh, trying to bring some meaning to this thing called marriage. Hmm. So I love encouraging and challenging couples. Uh, I want them to be able to set good boundaries uh, so that uh, when tough times come, which they will, by the way. They
0: will, yes. And
1: uh, then uh, uh, two words that really become significant in the journey that I take them on is love. Yeah. And then you have to define love and what does that look like Mm. and how is that uh, really lived out? So we take a, a run at that and uh, ultimately come to a um, a sense of what is a biblical uh, selfless love. And then uh, the second word that I think is as important or even more so yeah. is the ability to trust. Wow.
0: And, love and uh, trust.
1: How do you trust and what does trust look like? And if you say, I trust this other person um what do they need to know that will erode that trust and understand mm-hmm. that once you begin to erode trust to rebuild doesn't take you back to where you were it takes you back to below zero and you have to rebuild so what does trust look like
0: That is amazing how so how long have you been doing this uh,
1: the last 40 years wow but uh, it has greatly increased and intensified uh, in the last 20 years Hmm. uh, since I did my doctoral work in marriage and family and began to realize when I'm sitting with a couple, I'm not just talking to the couple about them, but I'm talking Mm -hmm. to the couple about the sense of who and where they came from. So we talk a lot about family, family of origin, family systems, uh, which includes uh, sometimes grandparents, aunts and uncles, siblings, and other relationships that might get tucked into that family of origin becomes a significant part of this journey.
0: Right. So, can you say can you say more about why premarital counseling is important? What what is the need for this? If there's somebody who's listening to this podcast and maybe they're in a serious relationship, or you know hope to be in one, why is premarital counseling important?
1: Great question. I'll see if I can give you a great answer. (laughs)
0: Uh, My guess is you will.
1: (laughs) Number one, marriage is God's idea. Yeah. And uh, I think if we look at this thing called marriage seriously and take it seriously, understanding that, you know, in God's sovereignty and and his planning and his creation, um, when he created Adam and Eve, he said, This is the best of all creation. Hmm. Um, Now, it fell apart in chapter 3 of Genesis, and I get that, and uh, uh, we could do a whole exposition of that, which I will try to refrain from, but uh, (laughs) number one. That's another
0: podcast. That's
1: another podcast. Uh, Number one, um, marriage is God's idea.
0: Hmm.
1: Number two, uh, this may not surprise you, but men are different than women,
0: that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't
1: surprise no. you.
0: No, it doesn't. Um,
1: and it shouldn't. But um, I, I think because of our, our societal uh, norms and biases and all that kind of stuff, when you say that, some people say, eh, I don't like that. But we are different. Yeah. Uh, we're different in creation biologically, but I think we are emotionally, how we think, and uh, uh, it doesn't take away anything from male or female uh, other than we're different. In Genesis 128, it says God created man, male and female. Hmm. He created them in his image. Preach. That's both of them.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: So, um, exactly. so uh, here's, uh, here's where it gets more interesting, though, because marriage is difficult. Um, and uh, we mentioned it a little bit ago, uh, family of origin yeah. plays a huge part in that. I don't care how good, how stable, how functional a uh, marriage is um, or how dysfunctional. Hmm. they're different yeah and so if you get a couple uh, and they're coming from their family of origin they're gonna look at a lot of things very very differently hmm. yeah. and uh, so, we want to deal with that and it's not uh, just the family of origin it's, it's extended uh, family as well that uh, we want to think about uh, then you have the personalities Two very different personalities of a man and a woman who are created in God's image but are different, and then you have to throw into this mix expectations. Yeah, everybody mm. has expectations, and most of those expectations come from their family of origin and wow. they watched how their parents did things. Yeah. They watched how their grandparents did things. And now they're coming to the table saying, well, I'm going to do it just like my mom and dad. But he says, I'm going to do it just like my mom. And then you have an automatic conflict.
0: Or I'm going to do it the opposite of my parents. That is
1: the (laughs) other possibility. Yes,
0: I'm going to do things completely different than the way that they did it.
1: And then you have another uh, issue of, Okay, how are we going to figure that out? And uh, so every relationship has some unique twists in Mm. it that uh, we have to try to navigate and uh, say, okay, how are you going to deal with that? What are your expectations? And if one person has an expectation of roles, for instance, (laughs) because – my mom did this, but my parents never did. I, those are all pieces yeah. that you get to play with.
0: Right. And so your job as the premarital counselor is to sit down and bring up all those questions. Sure. You meddle in all those questions. Correct. What are your expectations and whether they are something that, that those couples have thought through or not, bringing them out into the open just engages the conversation.
1: It engages conversation and sometimes frustrates conversation Yeah. because uh, they haven't thought about it, um, they don't want to think about it, or Mm -hmm. their mind's already made up, and uh, they say, well, we're just gonna do it, why are you gonna do it that way? Well, because that's the way we're going to do it. And, Mm. uh, you know, those are the things that get a little bit dicey once in a while.
0: And so that's also why it's nice to have a third party present in those conversations because you can bring up those questions and then help them reflect on each other's needs and values and family of origin and tie all those things together because you're trained to do that. Correct. So that's a, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. It's one thing to be able to talk about those things one-on-one. But then to be able to bring a third party, you're just there to support the couple in their in their relationship, not one or the other.
1: What I bring to the game is a passion for hmm. a healthy marriage. Yeah, and, before uh, it starts. Before it starts. Yeah. Uh, you know, Leslie, Leslie Parrott wrote a book, Saving Your Marriage Before You Start. Uh, that's a great title.
0: That's a great title.
1: Because uh, that's really... Uh, what you 've got to figure out how you 're going to do that yeah. if you 're going to do marriage that lasts a lifetime
0: have you counseled couples that have gotten divorced
1: unfortunately yes
0: yeah that 's
1: very, very painful. Um, I struggle with it every time it happens i 'm um, going to say that my average is a little better than the societal norm mm-hmm. uh, and and i 'm I'm doing that somewhat facetiously, but if it wasn't, I'd feel like I was wasting my time. and hmm. I don't want to waste my time, and I don't yeah. want to waste a couple's time. Uh, so uh, for me, if a couple is willing uh, to come back and say, hey, we're struggling, I invite that. In fact, yeah. I tell every couple, you're going to struggle. There's going to be issues that you're going to face, uh, when a couple says to me, well, we never fight, uh, my intent is to figure out a way to make them fight. Yeah, Which, uh,
0: because to be able to realize yeah. and know how to resolve conflict is vitally important. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, um, I'm very clear with couples, uh, uh, if you get stuck, get help. And yeah. don't wait until you have burned the bridges hmm. so badly that uh, you can't even hear each other anymore. Yeah. And that happens. Yeah. See, the problem with trust is, um, and I think I said this earlier, but the problem with trust is once you have broken it, you don't start at zero. Yeah. You start below that to rebuild tr- uh, trust. Yeah. Uh, and if you get to zero, now you start moving up.
0: Do you see trust in relationships in in the, with the couples you see, do you see that trust as something that is freely given, typically, or is that something that couples have to build? I mean, I the reason I ask this is because I'm I'm reflecting a lot on trust um, from when I chose to trust my ex-husband, and and I I did. I just um, I believed that trust was something that I could just give him. Do you see that as a as a common theme in relationships that you that you run across? Ooh,
1: I'm going to come back to your comment about just giving trust. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the reasons a person like yourself can and would choose to give trust mm-hmm. is because that's what you saw and that's what you grew up with. That's so interesting. If a family system has afforded uh, a young man or a young woman um, a platform of trust, then yes, you will give it. Uh, and, uh, you have to build it obviously mm. because, uh, you're two people that, but your initial response will probably be, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust her yeah. because that's what you've learned. That's how yeah. family did family. And I had, yeah.
0: I had no reason to believe that I couldn't yeah. trust
1: But when you are faced with a system where trust was broken Hmm. and in that system um, saying, I'm sorry Hmm. and I forgive you or will you forgive me was not a known, Hmm. then you almost have to start at below zero to begin to build trust. But here's an interesting piece to it, Ellie. I think for a person... To trust another person, yeah, you have to trust yourself, hmm. and you have to trust your emotions yep. and your thoughts and your heart uh, to come to a place where you can trust someone else. Sure, let's say yeah. that you did not see trust in your home. Hmm. You're going to be a whole lot more hesitant yeah. to be able to trust somebody and uh, even to be able to trust yourself yes. in a way
0: that's just a really good realization for me that it does have mm-hmm. to do with the family of origin and then also your own experience so family of origin is one thing but then for somebody who's then who has gone through divorce that may be thinking about a new relationship that there's a whole other level of a and whole. you and and you work a lot with with um with couples that have been divorced before is that Correct. right yes
1: well you uh you kind of take the same perspective that their family of origin is a very significant piece of their journey but you you are right you have to expand it to the x factor which yeah. is a former uh, spouse and uh, when there's divorce guess what hmm. there's broken trust yes And so for Ellie to uh, just say, hey, I'm going to go into another relationship and I'm just going to trust that person, can't happen. Yeah. Doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, You're not
0: wrong. (laughs) No, I
1: have figured that out. And I haven't gone through it. Um, But you come to a point where can you trust somebody else? Hmm. But the answer to that is do you trust yourself yeah. enough to trust that that person?
0: Well, I also want to add on to that too because I think you, as believers, we need to trust and believe we need to trust God Truth. with our with our hearts and with our lives that yes, we have to trust ourselves to be able to hear from him, but we have to trust that he that he will be there for us and that that we can actually hear from him. And I believe that God talks. He speaks to us and he wants to communicate. And so so trusting and believing that we can actually hear Him and hear His direction for our lives is...
1: And God will speak in a number of ways, uh, whether it's to you directly, uh, whether it's to you through His Word, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, to you through another person. Uh, a whether premarital it's... counselor. Or a premarital <laughs> counselor, yes. Um, you know, all of those uh, uh, things are important. But you know something? After you've gone through a very painful experience, sometimes it's even hard to trust God.
0: Oh, I've 100%, you've been there. I yeah. have.
1: So now we've got to go back yes. there. Uh, so it's not just trusting another person uh and it's not just trusting ourselves but god where are you in this thing Mm -hmm. and how do i trust you
0: or god you led me through this like or 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 blaming him for it god how how could you bring me through more hurt why why did this happen and um why didn't you save me from it or why didn't you save my marriage or make him choose me i've asked i've asked god all of those questions and i think we need to really get to that point where we can talk to god about those things because he's not afraid of those hard questions
1: but sometimes we're afraid to ask him yes and we don't need to be yes because uh, um, god created us and he made us in his image we've messed that up um but in the process you know god still looks down and says amen. i love you amen you're weird but i love you <laughs>
0: He says that to me every day. Yeah, okay. I love that. I love that. So so in your opinion, why do people get divorced?
1: That's a great question. And I'm just going to go back to where we started. I failed to mention this earlier. But there's an interesting statistic Uh, in Minnesota. The cost of a wedding... Oh gosh. The average okay. cost is $37,000. So, uh, let's just make it a round off 40 grand. Easy. That's a lot of money. For a party. For a one day party. Yep. There is no investment in that 40 grand other than a husband and a wife come out of it with uh, uh, a label, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Yep. Other than that, there's no investment. An important
0: label. Oh, it's a, a great very, label. A wonderful label. Sure. I'm all for that label.
1: So, understand that, but yeah. this statistic is even more telling, hmm. that less than 30% of the couples who will spend that amount of money yeah. will do anything in preparation or investment in what follows. Hmm. Now, thirty percent of people leaves seventy percent who have done no preparation, yeah, or limited preparation, and they haven't explored the issues of family system and all that stuff that comes into it. Yeah, and so something goes south.
0: Yeah,
1: and I say, how'd that happen? Right. And uh, uh, that's the unfortunate. So the why goes back to. Couples who are planning on getting married, make sure you invest in your journey following the wedding. Those Mm -hmm. of you who have seen PREPARE, Mm -hmm. PREPARE looks at nine core values.
0: And this is a a program that you take couples through. It's called PREPARE and ENRICH, is that right? Okay. And
1: it's an assessment that takes a look at where the couple is at in Mm -hmm. their journey. And the core values, which include communication, conflict Mm -hmm. resolution, uh, personality traits, finances, having fun together, actually dating, which would be a good idea, uh, sexuality, uh, family and friends, there's an interesting construct, Uh, (laughs) roles, and spirituality. Those are the nine core values that they put to it. Okay. Let's say you've done no premarital counseling. You have expectations. Everybody has expectations of communication. Good, bad, or indifferent. Everybody has expectations of money. I guarantee you everybody has expectations about sexual intimacy (laughs) and probably of roles. Um, So all of those pieces fit into it. And if you haven't made an investment, and say, hey, uh, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Let's explore it. Um, there's going to be trouble. Yeah. Now, there's gonna be somebody who says, you know, we had no premarital counseling. My wife and I are two of those people. Yeah, uh, We had a total of five minutes of premarital counseling. <laughs> very, very extensive.
0: Oh, five minutes, of yeah. course.
1: But I wanna tell you, The first five years were
0: tough Hmm.
1: because we had no idea what Hmm. we were doing. So, you know, couples say the first year of marriage is the hardest year of your life. That's not a real good idea. If the first year is the hardest year of your life, that doesn't exactly set you up good for year two. Right. (laughs) So, um, I would rather say to a couple, you're going to have problems. They're there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, communication isn't going to be what you thought it was. And uh, uh, you might not have the number of dates. And uh, sexuality might not be. Uh, there's going to be challenges.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: let's have fun in the process.
0: Hmm. And
1: let's do the work that uh, we can do yeah. to make this work to make year two a little better than right. year one.
0: Right. And then, and then each. There. Each Every year. year gets better. Why yeah. not get better? I mean, yeah. we're going to face hardship, whether that's personally, whether that's in a in a couple. I mean, fa- your your extended family may go through a hardship, but you know we're, we're not promised an easy life. Nope. And so, so not just expecting the hard stuff, but being prepared for it when it comes. I,
1: I don't. Uh, uh, the intent is not to say expect the worst. Uh, the intent is to say, uh, things are going to happen.
0: Yeah, knowing that it's uh, going to happen. Are, yeah. What are your
1: expectations to be able to navigate that in a healthy way mm. to provide a sense of well-being that builds love yeah. and builds trust? And if you build trust, you build love. It's mm. just the way it goes.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. I really like that. So do you think that divorce can be avoided?
1: Sure. Do you think it
0: can be avoided before marriage?
1: I have to believe that. Yeah. Uh, I want to believe that. I want to believe that, uh, uh, you know, marriage being God's idea, understanding men and women are different, uh, knowing the family system plays a part in this, um, but the desire to prepare to do marriage in a healthy way Hmm. that it can be avoided. It, yeah. You can do this thing called marriage, and you can do it well. Um, if I didn't believe that, I think I would shut it down and say, hey, um, I'm just blowing smoke. and right. I don't right. want to do that. So um, a couple who really takes their vows, their covenant vows, yeah seriously. And those vows say, I will be your husband for a lifetime and I will be your wife for a lifetime. She says, we're going to deal with the messy and we're going to deal with the fun and we're going to make it work. So I think it can be avoided from before a divorce can be avoided from before Hmm. you get married, but it's a, mind thing. It says, hey, this is not, um, if you're buying a house, you're buying a starter house. Yeah. Your first house is starter house. and Five years later, you're going to trade that in for a new one. Yeah. We're not going to do that with husband and wife. <laughs> this is not a starter marriage. Although, it, I don't know if you know that, but years ago, that was a thought process. Why don't, why don't couples start with the idea of a starter marriage? And uh, then grow into the real one.
0: Well, you know, that's, that's probably why a lot of people live together. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm hypothesizing here. Maybe that's why people just try it out. Nope. We'll, we'll try this for a while. We won't have the – we're not going to have the, the commitment. But we'll – I mean, there is a commitment. There is a commitment to people living together. But we're not going to have the marriage commitment. What, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, now you're meddling.
0: Yeah, that's what I do, too. <laughs> that's um, probably why we get along, Sid.
1: <laughs> the reality of living together uh, is supposed to do all those things to prepare you yeah. for marriage. Uh, the unfortunate piece about it is statistically, um, psychologically, emotionally, and physically as far as the mari- yeah. getting married, uh they end up in divorce much faster than couples who don't.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Um, because they don't do their work. Hmm. Um, sexuality is uh, uh, something that uh, we all want, and uh, yeah. so that's the focus. But hmm. we don't necessarily focus on communication. Uh, we don't focus on saying I'm sorry and I forgive. Hmm. And that's being broad and general. I get that, but that's part of it. Yeah, there's a level and, to that, And sure. uh, then uh, uh, for those who come from a faith background, uh, the whole living together um, does set up um, guilt and shame, and hmm. uh, uh, partic- particularly if the parents don't approve of it, that makes it a really complicated thing. So there's a lot of things that go into that yeah. kind of decision. And um, you have a lack of commitment there is, there's commitment. Yeah, we're gonna do this together. We're uh, but we signed a lease. We said yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, or we so, got but a house.
1: But a lease is a contract. Yeah, a house is a contract.
0: A marriage is way more than a contract.
1: And that's why we talked about covenant earlier. Marriage is a
0: covenant. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think going back to your question, are you willing to let your spouse know you, and do you know your spouse? Um, Is there honesty and integrity in your relationship? Um, Have you learned to fight fair? Hmm. There's one thing in fighting, but there's another thing in fighting fair. Um, Went to a conference on Friday night, and the parrots were speaking, and they talked about fighting fair, and fighting fair means uh, there's not a win-lose. Yeah. It's a win-win, and how are we going to do that?
0: And it's not a compromise always. No,
1: but there is compromise.
0: There, there is compromise, yeah.
1: Um, to own our own part, uh, to respect our spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. We are created with two ears and one mouth.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it suggests to me that maybe we need to learn to listen a little yeah. bit better. And uh, uh, then there's uh, there's a piece, Walking a Mile in Somebody Else's Shoes. Yeah that's called empathy. Hmm. Empathy is being able to do that. Sympathy is feeling sorry for someone, but that doesn't do the same thing. So how do we uh, do um, fighting fair well? And then I mentioned earlier, and I'm gonna come back to it, um, get help when you need Hmm. to. Uh, don't, uh, uh, Don't say, well, I don't want anybody to know that we're having problems. Because that's not a good thing. That's shame. And if you're a Christian, obviously, you will never have problems, right?
0: That's shame.
1: That's another word for it.
0: (laughs) It's also stupid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a little—that's a little strong. But that's not. But you
1: said it, so that's okay.
0: (laughs) And this is my podcast, so I can say what I want, right? No, but but there is such an importance in in being honest about what we're struggling with, when we bring things to the light, things can actually be healed in that. And so bringing someone else into it who, who isn't, doesn't have, you know, who, who is impartial in the fight to, um, to speak truth into the relationship, to show the inconsistencies, that's so vitally important. I'm a huge fan of therapy. So to do that as a couple, I hope that I can do that someday. If, if I get married again, I would love to do, to do therapy with with my spouse and just to bring someone else in and, um, to fight those, to fight those things fair, to fight the problems.
1: I think I, I I actually encourage couples uh, to get help even if they don't need help, just to sit down and talk with somebody. Um, both my wife and I have sought help because of certain issues that have come up. And, uh, um, I can't say it was the most fun thing I've ever done. Oh, I'm sure, but it was uh, incredibly significant. Yes, it's for revealing me and for us.
0: It's revealing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that therapy is fun. Nope. But I go there because it's because it, I know, I know it's so important for who I'm being, who God wants me to be. Yep. To have somebody else speak into my life and and speak truth over me. So, so uh, I think a big part of your right. meddling identifying and and maybe seeing red flags in relationships and I know it's probably not your job to point them out, but it's maybe your job to sort of point them out
1: <laughs> and I take that job very seriously
0: yes so um what would you say are some red flags that you see where you sit as a premarital counselor
1: I think the uh... The number one issue uh, that I listen for is their ability or lack of ability to communicate. Yeah. Um, if we meddle, who speaks? Hmm. Does he speak or does she speak or do they speak? That makes a whole lot of difference. So I watch for that. Yeah. Um, if one or the other doesn't, I mean, I literally, okay. Slow down. I want to hear from him or her. Um, hmm. And yeah. so that person will start talking. And all of a sudden, this person is back into it. Now, that's a big issue. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and a lot of times that's systemic. It comes out of uh, the family of origin. Uh, but sometimes it's personality. So yeah. then I look for and listen for an over-dependence on a member of the family of origin, either mom or dad on either side. Hmm. If there's a overdependence, um, a bride-to-be, uh, say, well, my dad always this, and I expect you to do that, and uh, look out, that's, hmm. uh, that's going to be an issue, or if there's a money trail coming in, hmm. and it's not, uh, um, addressed in a healthy way, hmm. um, we need to be very, very careful with that. Uh, then uh, there's the unequally yoked uh, piece. Yeah. That's a very interesting uh, uh, thing to deal with. And
0: you mean uh, in terms of of spirituality, or just in I general? don't
1: in general. Okay, you know, spirituality is yeah. one of them. Yes. But uh, uh you get one person coming from a very wealthy family, okay. another from a uh poverty family, okay. one that's very educated, one that's not um one that uh, uh has a strong faith, one that doesn't have faith, uh one that uh, really communicates well. I mean all of those okay. pieces yeah. um I, I don't I don't want to limit it to just yeah. this uh, believer, unbeliever, although that's a significant yeah. piece, but all of those things uh, need to become a part of the journey yeah. that uh, a couple is on.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we do hear a lot about unequally yoked, I yeah. think, in the in, in the Christian world yep. in terms of, and I think that sort of the, a lot of times what people mean behind that is the the spiritual aspect. Are we equally yoked in, in our spirituality? Yeah. But you're saying that that goes so much deeper that it's that it's um, socioeconomical, that it's, it's, it's your, yeah, 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 I mean, there's, there's so much that plays into that, and so to be, to have all that stuff, all of those things laid out, and expressed, and, and talked about, that there is, there are inconsistencies, and you'll, there, there will always be some sort of unequally yoked, (laughs) right? Yep. I mean, you're not, you're not marrying your I don't know. Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> You're not marrying yourself. And then you probably shouldn't. <laughs> one,
1: and then there's probably some. You know, they, I really regret when I hear somebody say, well, I won't work with somebody who's sexually active. Or I won't work with somebody who. Um,
0: Do you mean other counselors that say uh, yeah, that? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, who are living together. Or I won't work with somebody who is uh, um, unequally yoked. Okay. And you know let's say as a pastor in a church i do that and i tell them that and the couple has one of two choices one is well i'm not going back there Mm -hmm. or two to do it uh, their way but that uh, who knows they're going to get married yeah and they're probably going to go somewhere else maybe a uh, justice of the peace or whatever uh they're not going to get the counseling they're going to get married and the struggles are going to begin, and uh, so um, I can't save the world. I, I get that, but the couples that I work mm-hmm. with, I want to give them a chance at doing life yeah. well.
0: So, when you see those red flags, how do you address those with your with your couples? I meddle. Yeah,
1: um, we talk about them, uh, and we talk about them in an honest way, so that. Um, they have to think about it. They have to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, my role isn't to change them. Hmm. Their role is to change them, or yeah. it's God's role to change them into the persons they need to be to be uh, happily married. Yeah. Um, I can just expose it. I can just yeah. point it out. I can just say to them, hey, uh, here's what I'm hearing. Um, hmm. Sometimes I just look at it and say, I don't know where you're going. You're stuck. Hmm. I'm stuck.
0: Yeah.
1: What are we gonna do? We're stuck. Yeah, and uh, and that's happened more than once.
0: Have you had couples that have called off their wedding? I have. Okay. What is what is that like for you?
1: Most of the time, right decision. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. I have never had an occasion where a couple has said, "No, we're not going to do this," where I've said. Man, that's a shame that uh, you're so suited for each hmm.
0: other. Well, and it's so much better to make that decision before you before you take your vows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've
1: never had a bride or a groom that hasn't shown up for their wedding. Okay. I guess that's a good thing.
0: That is a good thing. But
1: uh, prior to... That would be hard. <laughs> whether it's weeks or months, uh, um,
0: yeah, a number of times where okay. couples have said... Where they've said, called it off. Yep. Yeah. Avoid a lot of heartache, honestly. Absolutely, and that's coming from a divorced person. So,
1: <laughs> well, and you know, there's there's the fear, there's the shame. Yeah. There's a, you know, we've got all this money invested. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't make uh, yeah. make it a reason for right doing the wedding if there are problems that are happening um, and they're not dealt with beforehand, they're not going to go away after. Yeah. It just doesn't work.
0: So on that note, (laughs) this was a a happy note. Yeah. I mean, but this is so important and this talk is so important because marriage is so important. And to be able to prevent divorce before marriage is something that I'm wildly passionate about Mm -hmm. and believe so strongly in because I believe strongly in the marriage covenant and the importance of it. So so to be able to address these problems of of trust and red flags and I mean all these things that we're talking about on this. We could talk about this for a long time we and could. we we have we've gotten together several times to to talk about this and and so I just want to I just want to bring it out there that that divorce is preventable. And to take the steps before before the relationship becomes a covenant is, is something that that is really, really important. And making God the center of your relationship, I cannot stress that enough. That that is, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we have to have – we just have to have Christ as the center of our lives personally and Christ as the center of all of our relationships in order for real redemption, real healing to take place. Because as you said, God designed marriage. It's his plan. So making him the center of it is a beautiful thing.
1: And uh when it's God's plan, it's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, amen. So, yeah. And you would know, you've been married how many years?
1: 49 in a month.
0: Ah, praise God. That's amazing.
1: 49 years.
0: Wow. What Some, do you get-
1: Somebody's put up with me that long.
0: <laughs> what are you going to do for your 50th? Oh,
1: well, the we hell, That's a year off. <laughs> You I'm better deep. start
0: planning now.
1: No, somebody else has got to do that.
0: Okay, that's why you have kids, right? That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> I hope they're working on it.
0: Thank you so much for this You're conversation. Sid. Thanks for the privilege. Allie. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. I really hope that you enjoyed this interview with Sid. He is incredible, and I just want to thank him so much for coming on this podcast and sharing his insights. It really just means so much to me. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. If it's on iTunes, please do that. It's a big purple button. Just click that subscribe button and give this a rating and a review. That would mean so much to me if you just leave a quick review and um, share it with a friend this podcast hope reclaimed is a growing podcast i'm so happy with where it's going and how it's resonated with you but we want more and more people to hear about it and you leaving a review and you leaving a rating really does help with that so thank you so much just remember that there is redemption and healing in jesus and there is always always hope because remember hope is my middle name we'll see you next week